This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. This morning, I wanted to have a look at something that um, on Wednesday evening we sort of skimmed over just a little bit. And I thought, well, the Lord's got something to say here. He's got something to say. And I think there are times when we all need to listen. John chapter 4, 46 through 40, uh, 53. This is something that I think is relevant to all of us. As we started to look um, on Wednesday at our next character, we've gone through Gideon, who went from weakness to strength. We're now going to have a look at Samson, who goes from strength to weakness. And Samson's a really interesting character, and if you are about on Wednesday evenings or have a Wednesday evening free at 7 o'clock, our Bible study is on. We sit round on comfy-ish seats. We have a nice cup of tea and a bit of cake and a lot of hope. But as we got to Samson's, uh, Samson's story this week, it started with his parents. Tends to start there, I guess. <laughs> it started with his parents And as Samson, as we saw, he was set apart by God before birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's mom, who isn't named, um, and tells her that although she can't have children, she is about to have a son. And he's going to be set apart for God. He's going to be a Nazarite. And if you want to know what that is, give us a shout and we'll give you the recording from Wednesday evening. If you don't want to know what that is, you obviously already know. But as Samson is set apart right from the beginning, what we saw on Wednesday was his father, a guy by the name of Manoah. If we have a third son, I'm telling you now. (laughs) Lol's like, no. (laughs) But what struck us though is that in the opening chapter of, of, uh, of Samson's story, that his dad Manoah was a man who had something quite special. He was a man who had a teachable spirit. Who knows what a teachable spirit is? Oh, you're all silly. Just put your hands up and then I could have picked on you and gone, oh, you know everything, do you? Eh? But nobody did. You're all very smart, actually. But he listened to God and he wanted to know. He was prepared to learn. Who's prepared to learn? See, often in our lives, we think we know it all, don't we? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I've got several t-shirts. You've seen a few of them, actually. And you think to yourself, well, I know, I know what's going to happen here. I know what the outcome is. I know, and I'm just going to hunker down and crack on with it. But the Lord is telling us, I believe, from these passages that we're going to see this morning and the passage that we looked at on Wednesday evening, that we have to have as believers, as Christians, sons and daughters of the living God. Wow. (coughs) Bear with. As sons and daughters of the living God. Come on, now you know the score by now. I can't keep telling you. What it does is keep you on your toes so that you're listening. Yeah? So when you don't respond, I feel like you've nodded off already. So you might think this morning that off the bat, that I I perhaps am always prepared to learn. You might have thought straight away, no, no, I am prepared to learn. My question is, 
is are we really? Because we can say it, we can think it, but what does our heart say? What does our heart say? Such like, well, what does that young chap know about me? That's me, by the way, young. (laughs) How can he possibly teach me anything? I'm not trying to. The word of God is, and that's the key. The key is that it's the word of God that he's trying to teach us and to show us. So straight away, right off the bat, let's not be too, and I use this word carefully, let's not be too arrogant and think I've got nothing to learn or he's got nothing to teach me. And let's not fall at the first hurdle, but let's rather see what the word of God says. 2 Timothy 3.16, who's an underliner in the Bible? Who knows this verse? Two. Oh, you can't read it. That's cheating. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching in righteousness so that the man or woman, yes, don't think you're excluded, ladies, you also need a teachable spirit so that the people of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, this morning, we're on the back of a day yesterday where we serve the Lord wholeheartedly. There are a million other things, perhaps you might not have, but there are a million other things that you might have thought I could do yesterday. But rather than that, I want to go to Hope Church and I want to serve, to love people. So we're on the back of our faithfulness as a church, serving God wholeheartedly. And God will always bless that. That's not to to build you up and say, wow, look how amazing you are, but rather how amazing God is that he can use people like you and me. People like you and me. Okay, you're not surprised. People like me that God can use in order to bring about what he's got laid out for the world. It says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his best. His best was his only son, Jesus Christ. And that's the joy that we see. That's the good news, the gospel, that we can have life and life eternal through this man, Jesus Christ, through God in flesh. That's good news. We want to share that. And if that means a scone, jam and cream, then that's what it means. Because there is more than one way to share the gospel by a smile on our face and joy in our hearts that says, I love Jesus I might have to verbally tell you directly because I might not get the opportunity, but I pray that you see it in my life. And I'm sure you feel exactly the same, that we pray that people might see it in our lives. So the Bible tells us from 2 Timothy 3.16 that we should understand the word is useful for teaching, rebuking. Who likes a good rebuke every now and again? Funny, no hands. Correcting. Who likes to be corrected? Men, we get used to it, don't we? Too brave, okay. And training in righteousness. God's telling us that this is your manual. Look at it. Learn from it. Be prepared to learn from it. Oh, yeah, but I've read it. Well, bits of it. And I'm mystified. And he says, pray. Pray for wisdom. Pray that it might be unlocked. Pray that the scriptures might be open to you so that we can see the very beauty that God has got laid out for us. Because church, I can tell you, it's amazing. Now, I'm an excitable person, you may have noticed. But 
The encouragement that we're going to have a look at this morning is a heart that's prepared to learn. Now, there is an opposite. There's a heart that isn't prepared to learn. There's a spirit that's not prepared to be teachable. Now, think about the rich man. You remember the rich man that came to Jesus and said to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the story I'm referring to is in Luke chapter 18. You can find it in other gospels, but Luke chapter 18 specifically is where I'm going from. And he said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus went through a load of things with him, just so the man knew where his heart was. He went through the first few commandments and the guy went, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And then Jesus says to him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And it says this, it says the man went away sad. The man went away sad. Now I find that disappointing. Anybody else find that disappointing? This man went to Jesus and he went away sad. Surely we go to Jesus and we should have a smile on our face and join our hearts, shouldn't we? It depends where the head and the heart are, though, doesn't it? You see, because the man went to Jesus looking for answers for something that he decided that he already knew he should have. Entitlement. Who feels entitled this morning? You see, entitlement. Because he believed that he'd already got it nailed on. I'm a rich young ruler. What else do I need? I'll tell you what I need. What must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, go on, tell me I've already got it. My friend, sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. The problem wasn't the money. It wasn't the money at all. It was the fact that his head and his heart didn't match. It was the fact that he wasn't willing to put God first. He wasn't willing to learn. He wasn't willing to learn. Now, who would have said that God, if he'd have done that, that he wouldn't have had all the wealth back? He didn't know that. He just wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared to give his all to Christ. He wasn't prepared to let down this facade he'd got of himself and be prepared to learn. And we fall into the trap so, so easy. You might not think it with the word of God, but think about that place at work. You've been there 20 years, I'll tell you. And he thinks he knows what he's saying to me. He's only been here five minutes. We fall into the trap, don't we? I've been making cups of tea all my life and I'm told regularly that my tea is rubbish. Yet I believe that I make the best cup of tea. But I've learned that that's only to my taste. (laughs) And you see, it's very easy though to fall into the trap and we don't believe that we do it with the word of God but the truth is, church, if we're being open and honest with ourselves, let's let the head and the heart match. We do. Because we believe we know it. We've heard it before, we've seen it before, it's all past as far as we're concerned. But this morning, God is saying to us as a church, we need to have a teachable spirit. Because when we have a teachable spirit, then it says, let's go back to 2 Timothy 3.16. So that the man, the person of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lord, I want to do your work. Lord, I want to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I want to... Give my life to you. And he says, Matthew, there's a few bits we've got to knock off. Yeah, but I thought I got it. Tall, dark and handsome. (coughs) No, nothing. You nasty lot. 
And he says, Matthew, there's things you've got to learn. There's things that you're going to need to be rebuked about. There's things that are going to need correcting. There's things in your life that aren't going to fly with me. Are we ready to say, okay, Lord, search me, know me, deal with it? Because church, if we are prepared to do that, he is prepared to come in and do one heck of a spring clean or one heck of a pruning. The man, as we saw there, the rich young ruler, he wasn't prepared to grow. And we too, if we're not careful, can leave Jesus sad. We can leave Jesus sad. And how bad is that? That we go to the very author of life, the very God who put the stars into space, God in flesh, and we go to him. And he says, there's bits that are going to come off. <laughs> there's, there's bits that are going to need to be removed. There are things that we're going to need to clean up. And we go away sad. No, I'm not prepared for that. And it hurts, doesn't it? When we see that, it hurts that that is the case. The grace that Jesus had poured out on this man to even have the conversation with him and unlock the truth for him. And he left sad. And my question is, why do we leave sad? And here's the answer. If you write of of notes, this is the one to write. Because we hold on too tightly to the gifts that God has given to us and not the giver of life. We hold on far too tightly to the gifts that God has given to us. Are we listening? We hold on too tightly to all that God has given. No, I did it on my own. No, you didn't. The very author of life gave us what we have. And we hold on too tightly to those things rather than to the giver. And we don't hold on to Jesus. We go, oh no, I've got to keep this all safe over here. And God says, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. We have to hold on to the giver of life rather than to the gifts that God has given us. That was the problem with the rich man's heart. That was the problem with him. And he went away sad. What about the royal official that we see here in this passage that Anita so wonderfully read for us. This royal official, I guess, is a stark contrast to the the rich young ruler. He's a stark contrast. He goes to the source of life. And the Bible shows us straight away that he does not leave sad. He doesn't leave sad. Surely that's the response. That's the response that we'd expect. But we can get in the way. Don't forget that. He goes to the source of life. He does not leave sad. Rather, he leaves full of hope. And let's just see. Verse 49, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies as he speaks to Jesus, pouring out his heart to him. His child is sick. And he says, Jesus, come please. And Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. Now, think about that for a moment. I have come here, Jesus, with the intent to drag you kicking or screaming to my house because I believe you can do something. So I suggest we get on this horse and we ride all the way back to my house because you need to come and have a look. You need to see and you need to help. And Jesus just simply says to him, you may go, your son will live. And the man infuriated... Oh no, hang on, sorry. 
The man took Jesus at his word and departed. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. You may go, your son will live. The royal official, he's got everything. What more could he possibly want? He's top of his game. I would imagine quite wealthy as well. But the money wasn't in the way. His heart and his mind were in the right place. He went to the author of life and he said, My son is dying. I am desperate for your help. What can you do? You may go, your son will live. And the man with a teachable spirit that says, if that's what this man says, then that's what I'm going to believe. If that's what this man says, then even though I'd set out here demanding that he's going to have to come with me, in my head I've made the plan. He comes, he he heals my son, we have party poppers, everybody's great. In his head, he, I'm sure, had developed what was going to happen, but he listens And even though the plan wasn't what he thought was going to happen, he listens. Imagine the faith that it took. This man, imagine the faith, church, that you may go, your son will live. Imagine the faith to go, okay. Imagine, just for a second, the amount of faith that it took. And it says, while he was still on the way, and this is the bit, his heart must have leapt. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news the boy was living. And he inquired as to the hour. And they said it was yesterday. And he goes, I know exactly where I was. And I know the words that came out of that man's life, out of that man's mouth. And that man has given my son life. And it says that he left. Oh, he left. But he left with joy in his heart. He left with hope that said he is the author of life. And he left with the expectation that God could do the impossible. That's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference. He left with an expectation that God could do the impossible. And it says, again, if you're an underliner, so he and all his household believed. His household hadn't experienced the same things that he'd experienced. But what did he do with that experience? He shared it. You see that? You see that? That with a teachable spirit, he goes, you know, you can imagine him saying, I went to this, I knew I'd got to go to Jesus. And there would have been a few there that perhaps didn't even know that's what he was going to do. I went because I needed to go and see Jesus. I found him. I sought him out. I stood in front of him. I expected him to come with me, but he didn't come with me. In fact, he just said to me, go, your son will live. Well, what do you do with that? I had to believe him. So I turned around and I started coming home. And then all these thoughts are going through my head. I'm praying that that's what's going to happen. That when I get home, joy is going to be there. And my my boy is going to be alive. And and then you meet me and you tell me the good news. And I'm like, what? And it's infectious, isn't it? Because they're like, wow. Well, he wouldn't lie to us. That's incredible. It's at the exact time. Yeah, yeah, the exact time. Literally, when he said it, you said to me, and then that's it. That's when it happened. You can't help but share good news like that, can you? I'll ask again. You cannot help but share good news like that. He goes to the source of life, and he leaves full of hope. Why? Because even though all of the stuff seemed to be going for him, he was willing to learn. He was willing to be taught. And this is what we ask the word of God to do for us on a daily basis. Because there are things come into our lives that we don't understand. And we can blow them into all sorts of proportions. And God says to us, just come to me, will you? 
just come to me expectant that I can do what I can do beyond your wildest dreams. Just come to me expectant with a head and a heart that says I'm willing to learn and allow God to do the rest. That's what we need to do, church. And that's what I believe the Lord is telling us that we need to do. And there are times when people are going to come into Hope Church and then they're going to have all sorts of things to say about it. We expect that. Throw eggs, break windows, do what you like. Because we're here to preach the gospel. There will be people that reject and there will be people that will accept Christ as Savior. We have two beautiful ladies on the front rows that have done just that over the years. And this is what we're here for. We're here to tell people about Jesus. And even those that go to Jesus looking for that answer, unless their heart is right, it ain't going to happen. But that's not your fault. That's not my fault. That's where people's hearts are. We have to allow God to do what he does. Amen? And that's something for us to learn and to take into our hearts and minds as we think about all that we've got coming over the, over the next few weeks and months. You think the Alpha course is starting this afternoon. If you're not involved with the Alpha course, I would ask why not, because you should be praying. So let's pray. If you're not involved with it directly, pray for those people this afternoon and over the coming weeks. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit moves and let's pray that lives might be changed. That's what we're here to do. And we have to have a teachable spirit because when God says to us, this is what needs to happen, and we go, no, but I've laid it out like this. Please don't change the plan. <laughs> I beg of you. And he says, just listen. Take heed. And I will do what I need to do. Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to grow? And are we willing to be shaped by the maker of heaven and earth? We'll find out over the coming weeks. <laughs> Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we do just want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Father, that it is useful for teaching and, Father, for rebuking, for correcting us and training us in righteousness. And we just pray, Lord God, that you might help us to delve into your word. Father, to be willing to learn, to have a teachable spirit over the coming weeks as we look more into this, that you might open up our hearts and our minds, that we might not shy away from the things that we've been covering up for years, but Father, that we might be prepared to listen, to learn, and to grow from your wonderful word. Father, we pray this morning that those people that are going to go through the Alpha Course, that Lord God, they might not leave sad, but they might leave full of joy and hope because they've met with the author of life. Father, we pray that you might just help all those involved with that. And again, over the coming weeks, that you might just shape and uh, teach them as a team. Bless them, encourage them, we pray. Father, for they're doing your work. Our job here at Hope Church is to share your gospel in whatever means necessary. And we pray, Lord God, that you might help us to do that wholeheartedly, to hold nothing back, but to give our all to you. Again, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for yesterday and the seed sown into people's lives. Just let them know that Hope Church is here, that our Savior lives, and the very God of heaven and earth is willing to welcome them into his family. So, Father, bless us, we pray, for we ask these prayers in and through our Savior's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.